All right. You ready for the word of God? All right. Um, we're going to stay in the vein of teaching on forgiving. Say, I'm forgiven. Say it again. One more time. Now say, I believe it. Now celebrate it. <laughs> forgiven. Forgiven. It, it, it's over. You got a brand new start. <clears throat> Word of the month, um, Luke 6.37. Uh, I want us to, to read that. <clears throat> I, was, I was talking to the Lord and um, saying, Lord, okay, give it to me. And all from, from Thursday and Friday, I'm, I'm getting different texts to teach from. And, and, and then Saturday. And I'm struggling because in my spirit, man, I'm saying, I don't feel it. And the Lord led me back to Wednesday night's teaching. So everybody who was here Wednesday, you got to sit through it again. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Somebody said good. <clears throat> so let's put our theme scripture in the atmosphere. Let's read it together. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall not be forgiven. One more time. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Amen. Amen. Um, for today's text is going to come from um, 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. And I'm going to read a few verses, but we're going to key in to one verse. <clears throat> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> let's pray father we thank you for this opportunity lord that we may feast at your table father we know it is your word that gives us faith faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of god so lord touch our spiritual ears link them to our heart mend every area that is broken so that we may be the vessel to contain all that you have for us today. Let your word bring transformation to us. That we may be more like you after your word is spoken to us. We know that we are your body. Therefore, Lord, we ask that you would break down every wall of separation 
bring us into a oneness this hour that we may have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. We declare, Father, that we are your church. So come, Lord, for we have an ear to hear. And as I stand before you, God, as only a servant, I ask that you would press down on the spirit of Felix, move him out of the way, that your spirit may be exalted today, that we would hear from you. And after all is said and done, that you and you alone will get all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, and everybody that believes, shout amen. Amen. All right. Second Chronicles, chapter number seven, verse 12. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, somebody shout then. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. I want to pause right there and let you know that God has heard your prayer. And he has chosen you to be the place of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Say I'm chosen. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or the sin precedence among my people. If somebody say if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer made. Where? In this place. What place? In you. You're chosen of God. He says his ears are attentive in this place. So whatever you have to say, God has an ear to hear. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my <clears throat> name that <clears throat> my name may be there when and my eyes and my heart will be there when perpetually amen God says I've chosen you He's speaking to Solomon but he's also speaking to you. 
He says, I've chosen you to be the place of sacrifice. I have an ear to hear from you. And my eyes will be open and my ears attentive. He says, I've sanctified you so I can live in you forever. Who did it? Who did it? God did it. Who's doing it? God's doing it. Who will do it? God will do it all at the same time. Amen. I want to, as he gives us an illustration that begins with if in verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. I, I, as I looked at that, there's an if there. But he gives us a description of how he gets it done. And he uses you. I want to talk to you today about the process of forgiveness. Amen. You may be seated if you can. In this particular text, Solomon has finished building the temple in which his dad was assigned to build, but he could not build it because of the blood that was on his hand. So God chooses David's son to build the temple. The temple is built. Solomon then dedicates the temple. <clears throat> and then he, the Lord appears to him a second time. In this particular text, the Lord appeared to him a second time. Know this, he gives us the Old Testament as the First Testament. But in order to get things all the way right, he appears a second time to give us the Living Testament. Hereby, it signifies to us this great appearance to Solomon to describe the temple and how God has chosen the temple that he may dwell in it. And in the second testament, God did not use temples built by hands. He used temples that were built by him. Whereby you now are the temple of God. The building that we are sitting in is not the temple. When you show up with the holiness of God, you sanctify the building and make it a temple because the temple of God is standing in the building. And when the temple of God is present, it changes everything. God gives us this great gift of unconditional love. But in order for us to obtain un for, uh, unconditional love, we have to first be forgiven. So then we see forgiveness 
as the usher, the gateway, the door of salvation. We could not be saved by God until forgiveness was put in place. So God uses forgiveness to save. I want you to understand that God dwells in you. And if he positions you with an opportunity to forgive somebody, salvation is waiting for your forgiveness to be released. Salvation brings healing. For without God forgiving us, we were doomed with the sickness of sin, which was destroying us and leading us to death. But God released forgiveness when Jesus was on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. I noticed that Jesus didn't say, Father, love them. Because love was already in place, but for salvation to happen and healing to heal you from everything, forgiveness had to be released. I want you to know that forgiveness is a God thing. He just gave you the opportunity to forgive. Let me say that again. He has given you the opportunity. We think, look at forgiveness as a chore. But truly to forgive somebody or something, that's an opportunity for you to be used in a holy way by a holy God. So then... At the end of the scripture of 14, he says that he would, you would hear from heaven, he would forgive sin and he would heal the land. How many of you know you're forgiven already? You heard from God, you're forgiven. But there's some sickness still in the land. So God says to Solomon, if my people, he didn't say some people. He said, if my people who are called by my name, how many of you have heard the voice of the Lord? I want all the saved people to give God a hand of praise for calling. Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. When he called you out. Ecclesia. He called you out of darkness. He exposed you to light so that now you comprehend who he is. And people who are still in darkness cannot comprehend because they are still locked up 
in sin, wanting to do things their way. And we have judged them. Most of the time we judge other people because our life is not right. And so the church that God called out is pointing fingers at sin. I want you to know something right now. This might be revelation for everybody in here. I don't know. But if you stop looking at the sin and start looking at God, you are going to see salvation break out like never before. It's not time to look at what's wrong and talk about what's wrong. It's time for the church to make a stand and say, as for me and my house, we're just going to serve the Lord. He, he began to speak to Solomon in the second appearance, and it had nothing to do with the building. It had everything to do with his people, the new temple. He said, if my people, um, Sister Keeley, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 um, verse 16, he said, if my people, number one thing he said, if my people, who's, who's he talking to? Who are called by my name. Let me tell you something. When God called you and you answered, game changer. When God called you and you answered, it is no longer up to you. He does not need your opinion and you are not wiser than God and you don't have to try to figure everything out. God has got this thing already worked out. He doesn't call you to figure it out. He calls you to faith it out. So the first thing that happens to us when something bad happens that we consider bad we build up a resistance and we want to hold on to what went wrong. And then the first thing you do is start plotting in your mind about how wrong the other person is or the other thing is. And want to describe how wrong it is. And then want to tell the person how wrong they are. Breaking news, they already know. He, 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 he understands, God, God, God is so awesome. He understands how we function before we function. And thereby, thereby, he, he makes us his temple. So he comes in and he dwells inside of us. Because we're his people. You don't belong to the trouble that happened in your life. So why do you give it so much attention? And why do you give it so much praise? I don't praise trouble. Yes, you do. 
the more you talk about it, that's praise. When you start talking about how good God is, that's praise. When you start talking about how bad the trouble was, that's praise. You are praising the trouble that was sent by the enemy. So you become a devil worshiper. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me reel you in. Uh, Because God won't leave you there. Because God made a choice when he chose you. And God don't make mistakes in his choice. We might make mistakes, but God can make a miracle out of a mistake. So don't be so quick to think that your trouble is all bad because God will work out trouble and make it all good. I want to talk to the people who will give God a praise on credit. Even when it don't look like it's supposed to happen, you just praise God anyway. He, 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 he begins to talk to Solomon and said, if my people, and then he says, who are called. I, I want to I talk to the called people. Say, if you're the called people, say, speak, Lord. He said, he said, if my people who are called now, now understand the very first thing he's, he's going to deal with forgiveness and healing. But in order to get there, we have to get, get back to who we are. So he says, first thing he said, my people who are called by my name. Now, called is bringing you back to who you are. Because sometimes stuff happens so bad in your life, you have an identity crisis. Can I just talk to you for a minute with realness? Huh? You know how you, you know, how you, you, you can one day. Oh, I'm just so blessed. God, oh, God is just so good. And then something goes wrong. And I'm going to tell you, there's some stuff that can go wrong that, whoa, it hurts. And when that hits you, you forget who you belong to. You forget that you are God's man, that you are God's woman. And God says, the first thing I'm going to do is help you remember that when stuff go wrong, it does not change your identity. So verse 16, let's read it. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you? Last time I checked, God was all powerful. God was all knowing. What does that mean? God knew the trouble was going to get to you and he has already equipped you to handle whatever trouble you're going through. If you will stay in the right identity, you can release the spirit of God in your stuff and God will bring quicker deliverance to it. But we go outside of ourselves into our own mind and sometimes want to cuss people out. You want to tell them off. You want to pay them back. So he said, no, no, no. If you're called, stay there. If you're called, say I'm called. Who do you belong to? 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Put that on the wall. Because if you recognize that you don't belong to you, then you'll keep your little feelings out of it. Because the first thing that happens is you start thinking it's about you. I know it's true because I and I and I and I and I'm going through this and you just don't know, Pastor, I need this and I need that. And you don't belong to you. How do you know what you need? When you did belong to you, you didn't know what you needed. I'm not going to take you down memory lane. Uh, let's go. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is where in you, whom you have from God? Check this out. You are not your own. Who do you belong to? Verse 20. For we were what? Bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are who? Understanding that God is in you. It is really not you who's forgiving. (laughs) It's the God in you. Mary Mary said it. It's the God in me, right? You have to understand, it's not you. You can't even take credit for forgiving folks. You don't have enough in you to forgive. The Bible says we were nothing but filthy rags. But God in you has to fight past you to let forgiveness out of you. I want to talk to the people who are tired of battling God and going to let God have his way so that God can release the power of healing in every area of your life. Go ahead and shout, I forgive. forgive. Second thing, second thing. So so he said, if my people who are called, so, so make sure you underline that in your Bible. Because you got to remember who called you. I know you answered the phone when somebody called you, but they didn't have no power. I know they were cute. You know how we get? Oh, yeah. I want to stay on the phone. And you, you know what's funny? If we, now they got FaceTime. See, they didn't have that stuff when I was coming out. And you were FaceTiming. And, and, they th- and you think, oh, yeah, I'm going to prove that I love them because I'm going to stay on FaceTime. Let me tell you something. If you're going to prove you love them, you're going to get in God's face. Amen. And thank God for bringing the relationship together. Uh-huh. If you really love somebody, you'll start praying for them instead of spending all that time on the phone with all this useless conversation. That's a whole nother topic. Let me get back here to the text. If my people who are called no more. So God brings you back to identity. Are called by my name. He says, well, what? Humble. Humility. Humility is the key. Humility speaks to being down. Do you know that being down is not a bad place to be? 
Because there's nowhere to go. Except for up. And you know, in due time, you will come up. So you can praise God when it looks down. Because <laughs> you're praising him not for being down. You're praising him for your next move, which you know is up. So just because what they did brought you down, you don't focus on what brought you down. You focus on who's going to bring you up. And it's an opportunity for God to show himself as the God who raises his people. Step number two. He said, humble yourself. Now get this. Yeah, so... He said, if my people would be humble, James 4 and 10, if my people would be humble, humble, humble themselves, he says to Solomon. James is the New Testament book of wisdom. This is how James says it. Humble yourselves. Where? In the sight of the Lord. But he don't stop there. Because God does not stop with humility. One plus one doesn't stop there. It equals something greater. Humility doesn't stop there. When you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Now get this. Where is the sight of the Lord? Everywhere. So you should be humble. Don't talk about what they done wrong. Talk about how God is going to make it right. An opportunity. God said, can I use you so that I could show my greatness? And then many of us, oh, yeah, I just want God to use me. And then trouble hits your house. You ask for God to use you. He's a very present help when everything is just going right. No, that's not what it says. He says, in your time of trouble, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. And what? An opportunity for God to show his power in your life. So the first thing is you got to get your true identity back. The second thing is you got to humble yourself. God, this hurts me. But I know you know better for me. I'm not mad at what they did. I'm not mad at them because I know that you are in charge of my life. And begin to focus on what's on the inside instead of what happened on the outside. And when that happened, it leads us to step number three. He says, step number three is when you get in humility, you begin to pray. Humble yourselves and then talk about your problem. That don't work. Humble yourself and pray. This is not the prayer. God, get them. Lord, you say vengeance are yours, Lord. Go get them. 
God, I want you to pay them back because they deserve it. I am so glad that God don't give us what we deserve. So how are we going to determine what somebody deserves? He said, humble yourself and pray. That means start communicating with the most high God. Prayer should always begin with thanksgiving. God, thank you that you have strengthened me already for the trouble that I'm going through. Forget about that, the thing that happened. Thank God for the thing that's happening. His spirit will always be working in you. His spirit will always strengthen you. His spirit will always protect you. When your enemies come upon you, they will stumble and fall. Why? Because God has put his spirit in you. It says pray. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray. This is a real long verse. It says, pray without ceasing. That's all. Pray without ceasing. Now, now, when I was coming up uh, and, and reading the Bible, I said, oh, wow, that means I got to go around. Oh, Lord, this and that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, but that's not what it means. You know, you run out of words. <laughs> you know, uh, Romeo was good. Uh, oh, Juliet, how art thou? But if that joker oppressed her too many times with the same old lines, <laughs> Julia would be talking about our brother. I'm tired of hearing that. <laughs> Give me something new. God is not impressed by the words that we could think of. God is impressed by you giving him your whole heart and having an ear to hear back what the spirit has to say. How are you going to go and dump everything on God and get up and run back to the world? You just going to run back with a dump truck that's full again that you're going to dump on God. You need to be still and hear what the spirit has to say. Step four. Y'all there? Oh, here we got our identity back. We humble. We praying. Then he says, seek. He says, seek. So let me help you because seeking God don't mean come to church every Sunday. Seeking God means be the church Monday through Sunday. In other words, you are seeking God for everything. Sometimes we think because we know so much, we don't have to seek God. Seeking God means to look for him. Look for him in the good and look for him in the bad. Means that your heart is longing for God. See, if you spend more time longing for a job, that, that's what you're seeking. That's why you don't get them. Because you are putting the job before God. 
Do you know you, you can seek God and you'll be, become job owners? If you go after God and get him. See, God is so awesome. He says, Matthew 6, 30, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you won't have to ask for anything. Because I'll add it just because you're looking for me. Oh, goodness. You I ought to set two or three of you free to pr- give God a praise for, for, for just seeking after him. See, most of us won't seek God until he gets in trouble. But when we get in trouble, you'll start seeking God on Sunday, on Wednesday, and calling folks up, asking them for a little bit of prayer. When you get in trouble is when God turns you into a seeker. So if you're not seeking him, he might send somebody in your life to wreck you up. Don't blame them. Don't forgive them. Forgive you. He said, he said when you seek me, when you seek me, something happens. Uh, God says, when you seek me, it brings on what's called repentance. Repentance means to turn. If my people who have an identity problem will get their identity right and know the children of God and begin to humble themselves and know it's not about them and then pray and talk to me and let me talk back to them and begin to seek me. They just desire me. He says, that causes a turn to happen. God says, I will turn you from the pain into the presence. And when you get in the presence of God, that changes everything. Now he says, would turn, somebody say repent, would turn from their wicked way. Now get this, we sitting in church, oh, well, that ain't me. (laughs) And you thought something crazy a few minutes ago and trying to wonder, how did that thought come in and I'm in church? Then you're looking around to see who's seen what you thought. God, God listen, he said, he said, I'm, I'm going to cause you. He said, when, when you fall in line, if, so, so if you fall in line, I'm going to turn you while you're seeking me. You'll be in repentance before you know it. You ever get to a place where you just crying out to God? Oh, God. Before you knew it and didn't even know what was wrong, but you just wanted to get before God. God said, I'm going to turn you from your wicked way. Who's going to do it? God. 
And sometimes we need trouble in our life so that God could do what he was called to do. He, God was positioned to call you so that he could use you to transform this world. But instead of being a transformer, we have walked around doing what the people did with Moses. Moses took them one way, they didn't like the way things were going, and they started complaining. And sometimes we complain about the very thing that's blessing us. If God allowed it to happen, stop complaining about it. Give God praise for the trouble that hits your life and watch him turn it all around. But while he's turning it, he's going to turn some wickedness away from you. Yeah. Sometimes you say, oh, Lord, I just need to repent because of that thought. God said, that's what I'm working on. I'm working on all of you. You're my temple. So he says, when all of this happened, when these five steps, if the church will just operate and these five steps, the number five is significant of grace. Grace is necessary for forgiveness because grace This grace is something that dismisses the thing that has happened. It's like this. Releasing grace releases the person or thing from the debt they could never repay anyway. God says, when we get to that place, and it's not about us, and he's turning us from our wicked ways, he says, then, watch this, you will hear from heaven. How many of you have heard from heaven? No, I, how many of you heard from heaven? Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. God speaks from heaven. And I want you to understand when God speaks. This is when God speaks. When your heart told you that you belong to the Lord, and you believed it, that was God from the heaven speaking to you. And you said, yes, Lord. Didn't know what was going on. You just cried. I want to be a follower. Didn't even know what it means. Most of us start following Jesus when we didn't even know what the Bible looked like. He says, you will hear, God says, you will hear from heaven. I hear people all the time say, well, the Lord told me to do this, but I don't know if I could do it or not. Well, the Lord told me to do it, but I didn't do it. And now I'm paying for it. Breaking news. That wasn't God speaking to you. That was the spirit unctioning you. There's a difference. Let me give you a display of the difference. The spirit will unction you and convict you and remind you to do things. That's what it does. It's, it's there for It's in you. And, and that's his job. And so it will tell you, 
um, it may unction you, um, go pray for this person. And you resist the spirit and you don't go do it. Okay, that's an unction. Here's when the spirit of God speaks. Jesus comes forward. Well, let's just deal with God first in Genesis. God spoke when the whole world was full of darkness. God spoke and said, let there be light. And light obeyed him. Because when God speaks, you got to obey. See, it's different. When God spoke to your heart and told you that you belong to him and you came out down the aisle crying, you had to. Because you had to obey. When Jesus shows up at the tomb and Lazarus was dead for four days, heaven spoke out of Jesus' mouth. And Lazarus, who was dead for four days and his body was rotten away, had to come back in order because heaven had spoke. See, when God speaks to you, you will do what God has told you to do. So when you say God said do it, I step back because you're going to do it. Because if God said it, that settles it. It's different from being unctioned to do it from the Holy Spirit. That clear? How many of you ready to hear from God? One word from God regarding your situation and it's done. That's why when something go wrong, what you got to say, God? What you got to say, God? You ought to be asking God, what does he have to say? Because God could speak to what's wrong and what's wrong will turn around and start being right. See, when God starts doing it, when God says go, you have to go. When God says do, you got to do. When God says turn around, you got to turn around. That's what God is telling you. You will hear from God when you understand this process. Now, get this. This is the part that got me. He says, I instituted the church so that I could work through them. And sometimes we want to work God instead of God working us. Oh, God, when you do this, I'll do that. Are you serious? God, if you just do this for me, I promise. See, I know some of you have said that before. <laughs> Think about what you're saying. <laughs> God said, I don't need a commitment from you. I'll make you do what I want you to do. <laughs> so then, so then, forgiveness. To forgive is an opportunity. That God has entrusted you with. That you're going to show whatever hurts you. The God that could heal you. And so, so healing. Come here for a minute, Mike. Healing. Healing is waiting for access to get to the sickness. Spread your legs a little bit. But if your identity ain't right, you can't get past. The forgiveness can't get through you. 
and it's waiting for you to humble yourself. You're going to break down. <laughs> so when you humble yourself, forgiveness can almost get there. But when you begin to pray, oh shoot, you got a little more access because the position is giving way to the spirit of God, which is the forgiveness that needs to be released. And so when you're seeking, you're giving more access because you're going with God, but, but you can't get through. And so you go down as you're seeking God. It's less about you and more about God. Go ahead. Turn over. Turn over. So now he, 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 he didn't turn and gave me full access. See, what's the problem? If we can get out of the way and let yourself lie down, give the spirit full access, it'll go. Come here for a minute. And that one that's sick, it'll go heal it through the forgiveness that was waiting for you to make a way for. What am I saying? Get out of God's way so that he can bring forth the healing to a very sick world. And I'm not talking about just physical illness. There is a world that is sick, you can get up, with spiritual, spiritual sickness that is waiting for you. Your little problem, if you can just forgive, you'll release healing in your family. It will reach people that was waiting for a healing, not only physical, but spiritual as well. Stop conditioning. You're not in control. This is a message that's given pinpoint accuracy of how you are to allow the spirit to operate you. This is also a warning. Either you're going to do it or you're going to do it. One way or another, you were called for this purpose. Amen. Do you realize Jesus had told the disciple? He said, when you pray, pray this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, how it be thy name. Praise thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. The kingdom has already come. It's in you. And all you got to do is release it. And understand the system. People get hurt in the body of Christ. They say, they say the disciples, some of them got skinned alive. And they did it with glory. Because if you lose this life, you gain a better one. Listen, this is a message 
for you to bring healing in every area of your life. There's family members that are unsaved in your family. Shame on you. Shame on you. Because you're still talking about what went wrong. Judging. Shame on you. You are one move away from everybody being set free. People are getting saved right now because of this word that's hitting you. Because I'm going to share something with you. You just got changed. This word is going to own you. You're going to be so happy to forgive. You're going to be happy to do it. Because the word, this word will not return void. And it's going to accomplish. Because he said, you will hear from heaven. You're hearing from heaven right now. And he says, now this is the, the, the goody. He says, now God says, I'm going to heal the land. That's everywhere your foot trots. God says, I'm going to heal it. So whoever steps on it, they're going to be healed too. Listen, it's time for the church to stop trying to figure it out. You got to faith this out. Time for the church to quit trying to compromise and, and with God and try to give him conditions. He don't have any. He's unlimited. It's time for the church to believe God. How many of you believe him? Two of the greatest gifts that he gave us. He talks about the love thing. He sent me here to tell you about forgiving. He says, when you release forgiveness, you're going to bring healing in areas that you didn't even ask God to heal. We have a sick world. And the kingdom is suffering violence. We are forced to let the kingdom of God out. Amen. The spirit that dwells in you. Amen. 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 You got the process? Yeah. Let's work it out. Give God a hand of prayer. Yeah.